someone there made me aware of all these apartment galleries and garage galleries, basement galleries in Chicago. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make a fucking gallery. It all kind of came together at once. I'm like, I was probably playing too much video games on my phone during lockdown and everything. I'm like, you know what? I need to spend my time doing something more productive. Uh, and I just, that was it. This is Studio Confessions, the art and wellness podcast. I'm your host, Luis Martin, the art engineer. Let me take you with me. Listen in for conversations with artists and culture makers alike. As we talk about their creative practice and what moves them, let me share my wax poetic monologues and how to activate your creativity to live an inspired and more beautiful life. That's right, I said beautiful. Welcome to the studio. I'm glad you're here. Hey, Mark. Hello. How are you today? Yes, how are you? I'm good. What's going on? Where are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm in my living room. <laughs> nice. And where is your living room? <laughs> uh, it is in Chicago. <laughs> uh, oh, and it's, uh, yeah, coincidentally in this new little art space that I put together. Fluffy crime. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Let's talk about this. I, I mean, what a name. I, it really inspires me to be... To want to be a criminal in a very fluffy way. <laughs> What's behind the name? <laughs> Tell me all I need to know about fluffy crimes. You know, it, uh, well, there's nothing much behind the name. I actually had a, a show of my paintings last year, and that was the name I came up with for the name of the show. And a few months ago, I, or even maybe just a couple months ago, I uh, had the idea that I wanted to uh, start like a little gallery slash art space in my condo and i tried my darndest to come up with a name that i liked like condo gallery and uh apartment gallery and you know all these kinds of things but everything was already used so i reverted to my show name because it was the best name that i could come up with yeah it's kind of brilliant that's what happened with that i love that i'm so happy that you've taken this initiative because it seems like every day something's closing and you know it's not going to come back so tell me what uh, what moved you to do this well so i think what moved me me to do it was um uh, probably just, uh, you know, tired of um, a little bit of, well, a lot of rejection. Sure. And also, as an artist, but also um, what appeared to me to be, uh, I've seen a lot of people taking advantage of artists, um, and I kind of just, I was in a, a fellowship up until very recently, recently with a, uh, a a fine art print shop here in Chicago, Spudnik, and uh, part of the fellowship was this professional seminar talking about all kinds of you know art, professional related ideas, concepts, things, and um, you know we were talking about galleries and what constitutes a gallery and how people c can come up with galleries and just being part of the fellowship actually kind of um uh someone there made me aware of all these apartment galleries and garage galleries basement galleries in chicago and i said you know what i'm gonna make a fucking gallery i mean i'm just it, it's it was just it was it all kind of came together at once i'm like you know and i was probably playing 
too much video games, too many video games on my phone during lockdown and everything. I'm like, you know what? I need to spend my time doing something more productive. Uh, and I just, that was it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Just, that's amazing. Well, I'm, you said a few things and one of them was uh, rejection, right? I yeah. feel like there just isn't enough opportunity for artists and, and the ones that are available make you jump through hoops and you have to kind of fight against each other and you have to like play and it's a crapshoot and there's so many walls in this country alone in your city alone so right so how do we combat that i mean one thing that always comes to mind is there's all these platforms you know i i don't know about you but i get all these damn emails saying oh not anymore because the world is different but before it was like i'm starting a platform and you know on online for artists and build a, a profile and I realized quick you know artists are being used as cogs in this brand building projects right oh yeah the only way yeah. to really help artists is to give them attention and to work with them because if you try to help the world you have to start with one person you can't feed the world all at once Right? So right. talk to me about how you work with the artists that you work with. Well, this is all kind of, at least in my eyes, in my mind, kind of avalanched kind of quick. Nice. Uh, so, I, I mean, I wanted to, what I mean by that is I, I, I got myself probably in as much over my head as I can do right now. I, I you know, I've always... Like for the year and a half, I've been a full-time artist. I've always admired a lot of work, like for example, on Instagram, and I've always enjoyed sharing my taste. I just, you know, and people have always, you know, been there to comment, oh, you know, we really like your art, keep showing it, keep sharing, blah, blah, blah. So initially, you know, so to me, it was sort of a natural thing to be able to like curate and uh, put together maybe a little show. Um, so initially, you know, you talked about how I'm dealing with the artists. You know, I, I, I was intending to do maybe like, like right now this first show is up and we've got three 2D artists. So they're hanging on the walls and we've got one sculpture, one 3D, art, one artist who, who provided some of his 3D work. Uh, and then we've got like five video artists. And so when I started to think about this and curate it, I would, you know, I would just basically, I would see something, you know, I follow like a couple thousand people on Instagram. I would be like, God, I really like that. I really want to show their artwork. So I would contact these people. And so the avalanche is me now up to like 125 interested people that I have to manage to put into these shows because the last thing I'm going to do is like give up and not do it. So I was hoping that the community, so I would just, yeah, that would, ha that's how I would do it. I, I was just reaching out to people and then I just kept like, I would see more artists that I like and I just kept asking it and I kept saying to myself, Mark, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> and, it, but it went so fast. Like, Did anybody so say fast. no? Yeah. There were a few people that said no. I mean, there's 125 interested people and I think there were, eight or 10 that outright said no for various reasons. Um, 
you know, some of them, uh, I think, you know, a couple of them were talking about the expense. The only expense for the artist at, at this time is shipping work. So if they're submitting video or digital content, um, or if they're local, there's no, no cost to the artist that I can think of. Um, but there's the cost of shipping the work. Because when I say no cost, call me crazy, but if anything sells, I'm not taking any kind of a cut. That's amazing. So, yeah. Probably a little crazy. But anyways, yeah, so that's that's those are some important things for me. Anywho, so the Avalanche started. I've got now 125 artists. I've got I still have people on my list that I haven't even contacted yet. And I still have about 60 artists that I have to actually put into shows that are going to be, I'm doing it at a rate of, I'm trying to do like once every two months, which kind of gives me a month to prepare for the show. Yeah. And there's a lot of work. The yeah, there's a lot of work. A lot of work. And yeah. Then, yeah and, and just the designing of stuff, the, the input, you know, updating the website and all that stuff, uh, posting things on Instagram. Um, so at that rate, I, I'm thinking I probably am going to be out to the end of 2022. There you go. Yeah. You, so, you need anywho, so I, I was hoping that I was going to have closer communication with the artists, and I'm trying to maintain a close communication with the artists. It's not as personal as I would have really, really hoped to, but uh, it's still enough where, I mean, I still care about the artists. To me, it's more about exposing the artists, helping the artists out if I can, um, you know, and obviously as much as I can also expose, you know, visitors of Fluffy Crimes to new artists and new art. So. Absolutely. Now, you went to the seminar through your fellowship at Sputnik. What other information that did you come away with that kind of has uh, steered you in this direction, if any? At Sputnik? At, at the, you said that you had taken... At the, the, at the seminar? Yeah, a seminar. Um, I think just the idea kind of got a little bit sort of planted in my head at, at one of the seminars that we had. So the Sputnik Cooperative Press, it's a fine art press. They're a nonprofit. And they, every, like, twice a year, with some overlap, they've got... Um, fellows that they accept into their program who act as open studio monitors. So like, you know, printers come to come print, they pay for, you know, printing at, at the print shop. And so in exchange for the fellows monitoring these open studios, uh, once a week, we get this fellowship program where we've got uh, full 24 seven key holder access to the print shop mm -hmm which is tremendous, and uh, this professional, professional seminar. So the uh, fellowship uh, coordinator puts together, like every week we had, up until lockdown, we had um, a weekly seminar, you know, just where we would discuss uh, different art professional-related topics for like two hours. So, you know, the week that I... It, someone the coordinator actually is the one that kind of gave me the idea of like maybe just starting a gallery even though this was money months ago um that you know it, they, they she talked about i mean we talked about uh 
you know, how artists, uh, uh, you know, updating our CVs, our resumes, uh, websites, uh, approaching galleries, just all kinds of professional development related taxes, you know, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. The but, sexy stuff. Yeah, the stuff that we don't want to do. But actually, that's part of why I kind of wanted to to start Fluffy Crimes as well, because when I left the corporate world after 25 years and I started to, you know, be like a full-time artist, I mean, I realized right away you could do the administrative stuff all day long. I mean, you could literally... If you're trying to be sustainable as an artist full time, uh, I mean, just exposure, marketing, networking, just, you know, updating website, updating your CV, keeping track of invoices, keeping track of expenses, it's full time job. It really is. What kind of uh, corporate job industry did you have? What kind of industry was it? So I was in the insurance industry for 25 years. That'll give you an education. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was good things and bad things about it. The um, I went to art school. I mean, I actually graduated from art school. And I started out uh, delving into photography. This would have been back in the early 90s or even, you know, a little bit in the late 80s right out of high school. And... Um, uh, you know, the good things about the corporate world are, well, it, it pays. There you go. <laughs> and it can pay. So I wouldn't have this particular, you know, house uh, roof over my head if, if I hadn't been, I think, in the corporate world. Um, there's a certain, obviously, stability to it that uh, I just, I, I must have preferred over not knowing what the heck I was going to do back in the early 90s with, you know, as a photographer. Uh, there's a stability, there's insurance, there's, yeah. That but makes like, sense. You know, you're, you're dying a little bit every day. That makes sense to me. Now, yeah. talk to me a little bit about your work. How has it evolved from photography? So I've always been interested in a lot of different, uh, mostly two-dimensional, like visual art. I, I mean, I was—I remember taking a photography class back in like fourth grade in school, grammar school. Wow! And yeah, we were developing film, what? shooting pictures, and yeah, it was actually yeah, I was I was real lucky. I mean, it was a, it was a great school, a great you know where I, where I got educated. I think was really good. Um, it's, you know, over time, over the 25 years that I've been in corporate America, I would be, I play around mostly like on the computer with like uh, graphic programs like Photoshop and Illustrator. And like, you know, I had, I remember a DJ friend, I had a masseuse slash escort friend. They all need, they needed these ads, you know, like print ads. It was just print at the time. I mean, we're talking, you know, it could have been more than a decade ago or whatever. And I would just, you know, that would be my creative outlet, just like making ads for them for free. So, I mean, I kept doing that. I kept collecting art supplies despite the fact that I didn't use them as much as I bought them. Um, but that was another advantage of corporate America. Anyway, 
you know, I just, I, I'd be painting. And th- in fact, um, about, uh, about 10 years ago, no, more than that. Wait, oh my God. Back <laughs> in the early 2000s. Um, so I dropped out of college originally back in the early 90s after like two and a half years. And then I actually went back while I was in corporate America to finish my degree, which was at an art school. Wow. And it took about, yeah, it took about eight years to finish it, which was the best experience of my life, by the way. Oh, that's great. Because I was more mature and I was able to, to, to really, you know, think about and do what I wanted to do while I was in college. So anyways, I took a lot of painting classes then. So more traditional, uh, you know, using the traditional materials as opposed to like graphics or even photography. And, um, you know, that just got me more interested in painting and come to know in 2018, they kicked me out of corporate America and I decided I'm going to pursue art. Oh, so you were asked to leave. (laughs) Uh, In a funny way. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I was kicked out, but I, I, I technically I resigned. That's real punk. I love it. I I resigned, but yeah, so, so since, I mean, the beginning of 2019, so almost two years ago, uh, yeah, actually it's almost two years ago now, uh, you know, I've just been painting away. Like I made, I finished like 30 paintings last year, like oil on canvas. And that's really, I mean, just the whole being older, you know, and, realizing like I could go any minute, not in my twenties, uh, you know, not having any kind of steady income. You gotta, you just gotta push yourself. You just gotta, you gotta do it. And I, so I just woke up every day and I'm like, shit, I gotta paint. I mean, a good shit. I mean, it was like, I want to paint, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to do it. Well, looking at your work after hearing your trajectory, it kind of makes sense. It, it, your work really reads like in, in the best way possible, like, a child that's just kind of escaped and is making this like really colorful work in a very specific language. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. No, totally. It's interesting. You know, it's, it's, it's along the line of what other people have, have said about my work. And I like, I do like feedback about my work. Um, <laughs> I hate it. Because I, I mean, well, you really, you know, no, I'm I, just kidding. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, I like feedback either, even if it's not, positive because i've always been one to like even if it's not positive you know you look at the person you who's providing the feedback you know you you gotta you gotta get take everything i mean to me it's it's good that you learn i learn from i'm not anywhere near perfect like i'm hoping i'm only at like five percent of what i'm capable of in terms of my painting in terms of whatever so in that respect, I, there's just so much to, to improve upon. I mean, there's so many people that have been doing this for their whole lives, yeah. and I haven't. So it's, I think it's just really important to, yeah, just get that feedback. I love it. I think it's good. This podcast is sponsored by me and CollageDream.com. Get your collage kits and start making space for your personal narratives through collage. Want to dive in deeper? Take a collage therapy session. Nope, I'm not a doctor, nor am I an engineer, but I am an artist. Let me help you get through your blocks, create inquiries, and guide your curiosity. Go to CollageDream.com. The studio is open. How has um, COVID affected your uh, your workflow? 
you know, I it like killed it for like a good six weeks. I was we were I was you know this was so the the um, uh, our fellowship went from November of 2019 supposed to be till end of June so like July 1st of 2020 and so right in the middle in fact I had I had already I don't know pulled probably I don't know 60 80 prints I was like I had the stack of stuff that I wanted to I mean, I had blank paper. I had sta- a stack of work that I wanted to do do more printing over it to just incorporate, you know, just multiple types of printmaking into these pieces. And it, we just all of a sudden, you know, end of March was like bang. I mean, that was it. It just cut all that. We couldn't get to the print shop. Um, obviously, um, uh, I was kind of. I was. I would say very unmotivated for. From what I remember, at least six weeks. Like I just, it was really hard. I couldn't get myself. I rented out a very inexpensive studio out in the suburbs, and I, uh, I, I didn't get out there for like weeks. Um, it was hard. It hit, it hit me really hard. And then, you know, we were supposed to even do a public program with um, the 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 fellowship that was that's that's done, or I should say, it's it's it was next. Um, wow. I've done, I've been trying to, to to do a lot of stuff at home. I've been doing a lot of drawing. I've been doing a lot of using watercolor things that aren't so uh, toxic, you know, because my uh, preferred means of uh, painting is with oil. So there's some toxicity to some of the mediums and such. Sure. But um, uh, that's what I've been doing. And I now that the I've decided I'm going to do this. Um, it was about a little over two months ago when I started really thinking about the whole art space gallery thing, Fuffery Crimes. Um, I mean, that kind of also helped to get me motivated to at least clean up here and move stuff around and, you know, which always gives you new ideas for all kinds of things, whether it just be where you live or paintings or whatever. Yeah. That's amazing. What good, business practices have you been practicing during COVID? Because I know a lot of artists have like just sales have stopped. People are like questioning, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird time, right? We don't know what, what's going to happen next. Uh, what, what, uh, what practices have you been in, in implementing? I, I haven't been real successful in that respect. I haven't, been finishing a lot of paintings i did i did sell a couple actual actually i did sell a couple paintings that i think were from last year if i remember correctly yes um you know it was just coincidentally i don't even remember if i was i don't think i was even like marketing any specific artwork or anything like that um you know when the the protests begun a few months ago i did spend a good solid month just thinking about everything, uh, my life, the world around us, the community. Uh, in terms of money, I did. I, you know, I mean, I, I, I placed a bid on a, a painting that I actually won at an excellent price. So that's in terms of like, I mean, it wasn't business; it was money that was going towards a. I think the un, I think it was the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. I also um, 
offered up, uh, you know, just kind of custom watercolor slash drawings also for a hundred percent that went to nonprofits like a local, um, BIPOC trans organization and some other, yeah, some other, yes. I mean, that was, that was, I think that was the most money that changed hands. It didn't go to me, but it did go to our community. So that's brilliant. In terms of business. Yeah. Well, in terms of real business, um, Fluffy is taking up a lot of my time right now. That's yeah. great. I mean, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the answer to uh, feeling alone and scared, right? You reach out to people and you, you figure out how you can help them. Yes, maybe you're right. I think you're, yeah, at least that, that probably has happened. I think that is what, yes. Because I'm, I would say I'm, you know, I'm not independently wealthy or anything, but I am very privileged in many respects which I think corporate America did help me, you know, I, sure. I probably wouldn't have some savings that I could be able to do all this stuff for a limited period of time without getting like a job. But, um, yeah, it is, I think it is important to help people. I mean, even when I was in corporate America, that was always very important to me. I was very blessed and I, gave my money to nonprofits that I believed in, you know, all the time. And I think that's actually, if you're living somewhere other than under the expressway, you know, I think that you're probably blessed more than you realize. So that's like a lot of people. And I think if everybody was to, um, you know, just really did the right thing and thought about their neighbor. I, I really think that uh, those less fortunate than us in particular, I think that we'd be in a happier uh, world. Anyway. For sure. Can you tell me about your, can you tell me about your first experience with art? How, how, how did that happen to you? You mean first ever? Yeah. Your first time. What happened? <laughs> how did you end up here? 47 years ago? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about when I was three, because I remember my, I, 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 yes. I still have a little... That's the one I'm talking name. about. <laughs> I I just, I, I, I mean, my mom said I always loved drawing, and I think I did. I, I have some books from first grade, kindergarten, whatever, that I, I made, and it's funny, because I, I actually, this is kind of funny, but weird, or... When I was, I'm guessing this was in the 70s, so I must have been, I'm thinking I was like seven. I I don't know what it was, but, you know, I love pictures. I love, like, pictures, and at that time it was just, everything was in books, obviously. So I just, I always wanted to make, it, make a book, and I, I remember talking to, like, a, uh, like a, a teacher who was also like where I went to school, who was also had, had some published books and there were adult themed books. And I don't remember specifically what they were about, but my mom happened to like know her. So she, my mom knew I wanted to like write a book when I was like seven <laughs> or something or six or whatever. So I, I got, I, I, you know, she provided me with like this publisher's name and address and twice in the 70s, when I was, like, a kid, I, like, sent my books to, like, these publishers, and I was very graciously rejected. What were they about? 
So <laughs> one of them was about some. It was like a, it was like a, one of them was a cartoon book, and uh, it was just like this fictional character. And I don't, I, I, I unfortunately, I don't have that book because I sent it to the publisher. And then another one was, I remember the name of it. This must have been, I remember we, my mom typed it up for me on a typewriter. I love your it, mom. Like, it was two, two. She's awesome. she, she, It was two pages long, and it was about, I think I called it, How to Make a Monster and Take Care of It. And I'll tell you the funny thing was, so I wrote this little book on like two sheets of paper. It was like, it was like, like I had all the pages down there. In fact, I remember like drawing lines on this typed up paper and said, page one, page two. <laughs> and I sent it off and I said, I, I think I said something along the lines of, I just need someone to illustrate this, but this is like my book proposal, <laughs> which is funny because I always love to draw. But anyways, you know, what, what gets me is that within a couple years of sending in that book proposal, I remember, you know how like when you're in grammar school, at least back in the 70s when I was a kid, they used to have like once a year or something, there would be these like book sales. Oh yeah. Where kids could like buy these books from like, and get, and they'd have these books shipped to you or something like that. Well, my mom never let me buy those books, but <laughs> I remember one, a book that actually came out was called how to make a monster and then take care of it. <sighs> myself. Oh my God. Like literally someone stole my, it's crazy that that sounds, I'm, I'm holding to that story. It I believe so it. I think there's still some, uh, rest. I think you can get some money from that. Oh my God. Do you still want to write books? I have always loved, uh, children's books, children, like the illustration for children's. I just, to me, it is like, it's the best. What are some of and, your favorites? Uh, Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I can think of, uh, like, Shel Silverstein, uh, who's no longer with, with us, but he, you know, illustrated some adult books, but also yeah, a bunch yeah. of, like, children's Didn't he also books. work for Playboy? Yes. He did, right? Yeah, he's so cool. Um, okay. There's Maurice yeah, Sendak, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was I a mean, fan of his. I yes, love yes. him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's like every, like if you go to, we go to a, I occasionally go to like a, uh, a local, small local bookstore with my, my partner and I just browse through the kids books because the illustrations are fantastic. So there's always new stuff coming around. Uh, there's a lot of like Spanish illustrators, like actually illustrators in Spain who, who, I don't know what it is, but these guys have got like this gift of illustration in my, I mean, it's just like amazing uh, I follow one of them on Instagram. I can't think of the name. Um, but I mean, there's tons, yeah, tons of illustrators yeah. that I just love. I love that. And so when I write a book, I would like to, I'm kind of like, right now I'm really, I'm, I'm like at my limit in terms of like, <laughs> come on, man. come on, let's go. <laughs> what? You're running a gallery, <laughs> making art. You have time for a book. Um, yeah. yeah. I've always loved anime. I, you know, I take myself way too serious to allow myself to like draw and like, sh you know, do something fluffy, which is why I'm so like attracted to you, that name that you've given the space. Um, I'm, I'm too, um, you know, I'm too esoteric.
but is your um is your partner an artist as well so you know it's funny he doesn't consider himself an artist but uh in fact he was a a dentist in his home country of Venezuela. He came here. He's here, you know, on, you know, uh, via political asylum. So he's here legally and everything. And um, he was a waiter uh, up until lockdown, uh, and he then he got furloughed. And um, uh, he's actually taking up like. He's always loved to cook, so he he was thinking about ideas, uh, you know, to maybe make food that people would want, like on a weekly basis, and he could bring it to them—meals, desserts, whatever it may be, appetizers, you know. Um, but he actually started like taking pictures of his, like he bought a little camera, he bought some soft boxes, and he's like doing food photography now. Wow, cool. So, to answer your question, it was kind of weird. Yeah, but he's I, he's doing great. I actually think he'd be a more successful artist than me if he like put his mind towards it because I'm like kind of picky about stuff, and he's kind of a slob. <laughs> so he, I just think he'd be like a natural artist. I don't know. I just I just. But anyway, yeah. So it, it actually to answer your question, he he does food photography. I mean, he's not you know he doesn't have any jobs or he doesn't make any money on it, but he's started an Instagram page, and who knows, maybe it'll amount to something. We'll see. Yeah, I, I mean that's what's going to happen, right? It's going to be this these micro economies that are really going to take off because restaurants are closed, and you can cook, I can cook, you're my neighbor, <laughs> I'll pay you five dollars for a soup. I mean, I yeah. I wish there was a way we could translate that for artists, right? Like, how can be... artists be part of this new economy that's emerging from the ground up? Um, so, I mean, yeah, let, let's let's ponder that. <laughs> let's, yeah, I I think no, I think I think that's very that's very important, and I think it's key, and I think that you're right. I think you and I and artists we need to think of ways. You know, there's that one gentleman is at Matt Burroughs who came up with the artist support pledge right so that's one thing that, that was really fantastic took yes yeah. yes uh I, th I don't know if you took advantage of that i did not at all i, I and i should have but um i'll tell I you a story yeah i did participate and i i really sold so much work consistently uh -huh. more than i had ever and then I and then unfortunately what happened you know uh all of these horrible situations started happening and, and riots and, and, you know, all we needed our attention somewhere else. And it kind of disappeared overnight, right? Like, Oh, right. Something new and more horrible has happened. Um, and I think that that's such a huge thing that that's happening right now. It's like from, a, from fire to fire, to fire, to fire, you know, put out this fire, put that fire. And um, yeah. And, and unfortunately artists are kind of left, to starve, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a really weird time, in it, but I really think it's a really great time to be able to start from the ground up and, and really have a voice in, in how we move forward. I agree with you. I personally, what I've been thinking about in that respect is we have to show people that art is important and that buying work like directly from an artist you could pay the same price 
getting this original piece of artwork that is going to make you happy and it's original and it's coming from someone and it's if you buy it, it's supporting someone and people end up instead going to mm-hmm. Ikea <laughs> right. Target and Ikea and buying some of it, you know, well, it's I mean, I'm pre-digested. Too, but I, I <laughs> That people would just understand that how important we have to show people, I think, how important it is to just support artists. And I don't, I'm sure people have been trying to do that for a long time. I, yeah. I don't know how yeah. to do that. Anyway. I, well, you know what? I, <laughs> taking our conversation into context, I really think maybe we need a children's book on teaching adults how to relate to art. Because we just don't know how. Hell yes. Hell yes. I think that's a very good idea. Yeah. It is yeah. now your duty. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Fluffy Crimes, inside out. <laughs> I'll leave the images empty and I'll have you <laughs> illustrate it. <laughs> I think that's a really good idea, actually. I really do. A picture book. I mean, you know, to show people the importance of supporting artists because, yeah. 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 We just, yeah. It, there's a weird disconnect. There really is. Um, yeah. We'll figure it out. We have to. So you mentioned you were playing video games. What video games were you playing during lockdown? Oh, my God. I got addicted to war and something. It was like a strategy game when you're part of, like, this team. And, uh, wait. That's pretty deep. I haven't touched it for, like, two months, so I'm glad I was able to... Wait. Uh-oh, I hope I'm not triggering you. War and Order. No, 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 it's fine. It's <laughs> called War and Order. I haven't opened it. I'm not going to open it. I got too much to do. But I was like, I couldn't I couldn't put it down. And I had to, like, force myself to, like, stop it. So Healthy <laughs> Crimes nip that in the bud real good. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm so glad you've taken this initiative to do this. Before I let you go, can you tell me what are some of the things that are moving you right now? What are you watching? What are you reading? And P.S., everyone's told me I'm not reading anything because I can't finish a book. Me too. I would say I'm reading very little. I would say that I'm still looking at a lot of pictures on Instagram. I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking at different artists. Um, Every minute that I'm not, you know, this was just the first show that came out for Fluffy Crying. So every minute that I'm not, I'm going to have more time now, I think, for myself. But every minute that I'm not uh, doing something for Fluffy Crimes, be it designing a little promo ad or, uh, you know, just talking to artists or, you know, sending emails out to them and all that, uh, I am trying to get over to my studio and paint. So uh, so uh, that doesn't answer your question, though. What's moving me? <laughs> um, you know, nature. Like, I don't watch TV and my partner is always watching these um, food shows like with these, you know, like famous chefs and everything. And I mean, nature helps me help like kind of ground myself just thinking about it, just being in it, you know, uh, having, you know, flowers up on my deck and just having plants around that helps me a lot. I think it's also going to, inspire my work uh hopefully going forward a little bit but that's probably 
just a lot of things, just wor- the, everything that's going on in the world, politics, unfortunately, is on my mind. Um, everything, the unfairness of how my whole life probably came to to be, unfortunately, uh, just a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, grounding is a, an amazing thing to do. You know, it, it's, I mean on an esoteric level and on a scientific level and just on a it calms me level you know yeah totally i'm glad you're doing that that's fantastic well i'm super excited and i can't wait to see what fluffy crimes does next and uh and keep us posted thank you for uh spending some time with me i appreciate the opportunity thank you ciao bye that's it thanks for listening If you've heard something that moved you, please share it. You are the candle that can ignite a thousand flames. I am Luis Martin, the art engineer, sharing with you what moves me.